Hello everyone and welcome to Rain on Your Parade. I'm finally getting to this. If I can get the internet to work. We've had this problem last time. Um, but anyway, we're starting our Cruel Summer. <laughs> we're ending the actual Cruel Summer and getting into the show, Cruel Summer. Um, but I will try to get that loaded onto my television. I'm going to be doing another commentary um, because it's just a lot easier this way for me because um, I forget things if I don't take notes and you know it's just this is kind of like taking notes I'm just skipping the middle steps you know um, this is how I take notes anyway I record things as I watch whatever um, but before we get to that a little bit about what I've been doing like you know it hasn't been that long um, I've been writing my what the heck something my phone just whoa that was weird um, which now the internet's working which is great but I've been working on my fanfiction I've been working on um, my next novel in the Invictus series, the second installment in that. And I've been trying to adapt one of my own short stories into a poem. And that's what I'm working on right now. Um, not at the moment, but uh, mainly I've been working on my crow fanfiction. Which is like, <laughs> you know, I just got um, finished with chapter four. I just think it's an interesting concept. I'm doing it for the um, the experiment to see if it can be done, you know, uh, in a way that I approve of. You know what I'm saying? Like, just it's a little experiment. How would it look if there was an actual, you know, not a remake or whatever, but an actual just like continuation of the story that still pays respects to Brandon and doesn't try to replace him with another actor or a different crow, you know, so that's what I've been doing. Um, as far as my work, um, yesterday I watched the second in the, um, Fear Street collection on Netflix. I watched the first one and now the second one and, uh, the second one. So when I actually wanted to watch because I was just watching them for Sadie Sink. And then I got surprised that um, my hawk was in the first one. I'm like, well, there's Robin. She worked at a mall, too. So I'm like, so she's just Robin. Um, but, you know, if you've seen that, no spoilers. But, you know, that was a little disappointing. And I was like, well, darn it. I was like, they must have a lot of Stranger Things people. But then I was very disappointed to see that Sadie Sink was not in the first one. So... And no, you know, no disrespect to the actors in that one, but that's what I was watching it for, and she wasn't in it. So I was like, no. <sighs> Excuse me. But anyway, I did finally watch the second installment yesterday, and the second one is so much better than the first one. And I feel like since the first one, they're set in different years, so like since the first one was modern... I feel like whoever wrote it was trying to, like, 
make teenagers sound like modern teens and they just did not know, <laughs> you know, just not know how to do that and, you know, like at all. And then like the, the one in 78, they're just like, oh, teenagers are people too. You know, we're just going to treat them like we do all the... You know, it just felt so very, like, trying too hard, the first one did, to make things like internet speak. You know, it's like, hashtag this, hashtag... People don't actually talk like that all the time, you know? Like, it's just... It's annoying when they do that. They try to make it... And then if you do that, you're going to make things so dated, you know? Like... That's like writing a 60s thing and making everybody say groovy every other word. It's like nobody actually talks like that all the time. You're just, it's like a parody of somebody from that era, you know? And that's how like adults tend to write modern things about teenagers. And it's like they're a parody of the, of that. And it's like in, in the one in 78 where it, I like the whole thing, like the whole, it was just so much better. Um, it was more, uh, a tight storyline, the plot was good, it was just not all over the place, like the second, or the first one, it was just, you know, it just was more, because they were at a summer camp, and it just works better in that setting, for one thing, but it was just so much better, for so many reasons. Um... Sadie made it good too, but like it's just better, you know. The whole thing was better, everything about it was better. What is this? The last man, why the last man? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? Why is he still around? Why is he the main character? That's what I want to know. Like, you have a whole movie where, like, the whack everybody with the Y chromosome is like gone. You still manage to make the main character a man. Like, all the men on Earth are gone, and you still somehow manage to make... Like, what the heck? I might... I'm gonna watch that eventually, but... I don't know. <laughs> I might not talk about it, but... Ooh, there's a new Reservation Dogs. I've been watching that. Everybody should go watch Reservation Dogs. It's amazing. Um, it's just so good. Um, but yeah. Also had to school somebody on this thing. I got an argument online with this guy who was like, they might be doing a remake of Secret of Nim. And when I say that was like my favorite cartoon as a kid, like it was my favorite cartoon as a kid. So like, this dude was like, they're doing a remake. And yeah, you can be upset about that or not. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't like some remakes uh, at all. I don't, I don't tend to like remakes at all, but like, I don't like what this guy said about it because he was like, it's just going to be woke. They're just going to be woke and they're going to try to bring politics into it. Let it be mindless entertainment like the original. He's like, why can't things just be enter mindless entertainment like the original movie? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're trying to sit here and say that there was no message at all. No politics at all in the secret of Nim." Like, <laughs> you need to go back and watch that, sir, because uh, I've never seen a more political cartoon in my entire life. Like, <laughs> that's, like, one that's actually made for kids? I can't think of any. Like, 
seriously, they literally have a council hall. Like, where they're, the, they're called the council, and they sit around and discuss politics in the cartoon, under the rose bush. Like, I had to go off about this for, like, an hour. Like, because this is, I'm like, mm-mm, no. Nim, it's based on a true story about the National Institute of Mental Health actually doing those experiments on rats. Like, y'all, I just, is it John B. Calhoun? Look up John B. Calhoun. I think that's his name. And the Rats of Nim. There's a video on YouTube. There's articles. The Google is free. Like, people have all this, like, stuff. And, like, I'm just very bad about, like, myself personally. If I want to have an opinion on something and post it in public, I'm like, even if I know for sure that I'm right, I'd still go check. Like, fact check myself because I don't want to look stupid. I, you know, and I do sometimes, but it's just like, dude. I mean, I've been wrong before, but it's just like, or forgotten things. But if I'm going to sit there and have a fit about like a show being remade and be like, don't bring politics into it, I like the original that was mindless entertainment. It's like, um, dude, Google was free. Like, that. First of all, the remake is a remake of a remake because the the cartoon itself was a remake. It was an adaption of a novel, so if you want purity and things and don't want anybody to, like, do anything over again, like, you should not be happy that it's a cartoon at all and be mad that they turned the novel into something. But they're both political, and, like, I'm glad it was adapted into a cartoon, but it's super political. Like, that's all it's about. That's literally the only thing it is about. Like, I... Oh, um, anyway. It's just very upsetting. Somebody who loved that, I was like, no, no. Like, it's Stranger Things in cartoon form is what it is. Anyway, we're gonna get to the Cruel Summer podcast part. Uh, 45 minutes. This is, uh... Episode 1, it's called Happy Birthday, Jeanette Turner, um, starring Olivia Holt, Freya Gutierrez, creator Bert V. Royal, so much information that I don't have, because <laughs> it's not like it's pretty large where I know all the writers and stuff's name and everything, like, oh, this is a Michael Smith jam, because she listened to that hilarious line, like, she always had the best lines in her episodes, but anyway... Freeform. This is one of the better new shows. Cruel Summer. If you haven't seen it, this is what this is about. And we get you are. some ads. Okay, we're gonna wait. Until the ads are over. Y'all. It's also got Um, And I have to say, I am a fan of Harley Quinn Smith. I'm a Kevin Smith fan. I like it. I can't help it. I fell in love with Jay. Okay. The events that are about to unfold take place on approximately June 21st, 1993, 94, and 95. So that's how this works. It's a little... Here's 1993, and it's Jeanette's birthday, and we're going to get into it. 
Jeanette is turning 15. They're just trying to show you how dorky she is. <laughs> in 2000 or in 1993. But this girl, oh, and she, yeah, um, speaking of uh, the second installment of Fear Street, this girl who plays Jeanette, I can't pronounce her name. I know it, I just can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to attempt to. First of all, the bros from Bros Watch PLL2, go go listen to their podcast and Headcanon. Um, but they also have a Cruel Summer podcast. I think they're one of the only ones. But anyway, what they said about her in these scenes, like how she's so good at like transforming. Like in 1993, she's so dorky. In 94, she's like the popular girl. And then 95, she's like, you know, train wreck. But she's so good at playing all of them separately. Like, they don't seem like... They seem actually different. It seems like she's actually... And, you know, like, wardrobe and makeup, you know, has a lot to do with it. But, you know, she herself has a lot to do with it. She's not even acting like the same person. Like, it's it's great. But she was the bully in the second installment of Fear Street. She was at the camp. This actress was in it. She was mean. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she did a good job of playing that role. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it was like kind of overlapped with what I was talking about earlier. But yeah, she is very good at playing dorky. Why is today? Uh, and her dad here, the actor that's playing her dad, played the um, Chloe's dad on Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. He was kind of terrible. <laughs> Boys to Men? Like, really? He doesn't. Derek doesn't even seem like the type that would like Boys to Men. Like, let's. He just doesn't. Like, his girlfriend wants to go see that. Like, it's a boy band. <laughs> what is that? Oh, I'm getting messages from like two days ago. Suddenly. Happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. Oh, now we got a jam. A sexy jam. There's her getting woken up by somebody else instead of her parents. I'm not just gonna, like, sit here and, like... He's cute, though. Like... Poor dude. <laughs> I'm not just gonna repeat everything that's happening. He's been on and on about, like... 94, she, like, lays back down and she's so happy, but then, like... 95, it's like dark. The whole thing is dark. Which one? Just... It doesn't matter. Just get the hell out of bed and go talk to her. <sighs> oh no, that sound of just now. like that score of just like things are bad. <laughs> Can you please just give me a minute? Please? Her dad is like, I don't like you anymore. I know you're my daughter, but I just don't like you. <laughs> That eight uh, card. It's on Mallory's bike. Remember that, everyone. <laughs> this card will come up as like super important. Why are they singing this? Like, what is this song? Like, really? <laughs> Mallory wants to do something illegal. They're at the mall. Harley Quinn Smith is at the mall. This makes her a what? 
Amorat. Jessica Beale was one of the producers, and honestly, like, good job, girl. Bert V. Royal created it, written by Bert, and directed by Max Winkler. Okay, there's a carousel in this mall. Like, do malls just always have carousels? Like, there wasn't one in uh, Starcourt on Stranger Things, but there was one in Hannibal, so it's like, um... What's with all the carousels in every single mall? I didn't know that some malls were so freaking fancy. What's with Mallory's earrings? Like, they're dressed so 90s. Vince is great. Mallory's outfit just is horrible, but Jeanette's is the worst. I don't know what the store is behind her here. But it's most certainly actually a Hollister because of the roof and the porch. Like, I don't know what they're trying to make it seem like, but it's definitely a Hollister in real life. Because <laughs> um, no one else has that porch and roof on their porch of, like, the entrance like Hollister does. This looks very similar to the mall near my house. Here she is being obsessed with Kate. And it's like, immediately you're like, this is weird, right? Like... You immediately know it's weird. I'm uncomfortable on Jeanette's behalf. Like, this is so weird. What are you doing? I like your purse. Thanks. <laughs> and you're just waiting for Kate to say something rude or be me, and then it's like... It's my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thanks. This whole scene, seriously. Jeanette, right? Yeah. She remembered her yeah, name. <laughs> yeah, Jeanette. <laughs> oh, and Jamie comes up and starts kissing Kate. And you're waiting. You're waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, when are they going to be mean to this dorky girl? Because this is how shows work. But Have a good birthday. Thanks. Kate says, have a good birthday. Instead of completely ignoring her for her boyfriend, she's like... Oh, I don't want to be rude and forget about this girl. And then, like, she says, have a good birthday. And then Jamie looks at her and smiles. Yeah. And it's like, they're both being nice, you know? They're just nice people, and that's it. <laughs> they didn't do anything mean at all. Sorry. She's just weird for no reason. And she acts weird about it with Mallory, and then Mallory's like, what's going on with that? Like, she's not allowed to talk to people, but, I mean, it is kind of weird that she just, like, went over and talked to her. It's like, why do you need to talk to Kate? Just leave her alone. <laughs> it's very, like, Mona Vanderwallish. Like, I have to be friends with the popular girl. It's like, you don't have to. She wants to be Kate. And then we see her kissing Jamie a year later at the roller rink. And the scene is all, like, you know, typical teenage behavior. Kate. I like, anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Not yet. We'll have opinions like later on. <laughs> this is just getting into the story, like what's going on. He's like, "Yeah, Ben, I really do like her," and I'm like, the way he says it, it's like, "Guys, this guy's name is Ben, but you're gonna forget it like forty thousand times." Yeah, he's like, "Do you ever think about Kate?" Ben's like, remember Kate, your girlfriend? Like, what, what, what's the deal? And we're still wondering, like, what, what do you mean? What happened to Kate? Kate was missing for two weeks. At some point, this is a recording. 
So I obviously Kate went missing a while back. I'm getting a call. Uh, in 95, Jamie is just sitting outside her house. Like, they're showing us what's going on. Like, here's how our morning goes. Here's how things are with Jamie. Like, they're doing a really good job of storytelling with, like, the switching up the, like, years. Um, it's, like, a lot of info dump, but in, like, a clever way, you know? It's a really good job, actually. It's like, well, things have drastically changed each year. Just, like, each year things have changed so drastically. Oh, and Jamie has a gun in his, like, glove compartment. And then we see Vincent call her. Vincent's Vincent's warning her about Jamie sitting outside her house we get a little info dump about her and I hate saying that but that's what it is we get a little um, update kind of on like her and Vince's like the state of their friendship and uh, he calls her and warns her so apparently they're kind of on good terms um, he's still nice to her. Uh, we don't know where what happened to Kate exactly. Um, we don't know where Mallory is, but Vincent seems to be kind of friendly with her. He tells her happy birthday. He's looking out for her because he takes a picture of Jamie sitting outside, I guess, for like evidence in case. He's like, what if he hurts you again? So there's a thing. It's like, um, again, what are you talking about? And she's like, then he hurts me. You know, and she's kind of just, like, acting like she just loves... She's sitting there watching these news reports over and over again. Like, she's just a glutton for, like, self-punishment, you know? She just... It's kind of insane. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I am just so... Like, she's wallowing full headfirst in her misery like nobody I've ever seen before. Like, it's... And we're kind of like... What the heck is happening? You know, what is even going on? Like, what has changed things so much for this girl based on Kate? You know, I mean, we know that she's dating Kate's old boyfriend, but you know, it's just craziness. They do a good job of like narratively, you know, going year by year and dropping little things and making you want to see more. Like, what, what is happening? <laughs> Her mom, she's like, that looks a little cheap. Like, dude, they're teenagers. What the heck did you expect? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I paused the wrong thing. I'm trying to do like 10 things right now. Her, her dad in a picture. <laughs> it's just playing up the whole she's dorky and loves her family and gets along with them and that's the whole point of like showing us everything in 93 and uh 95 her dad is like chatting it up on her birthday with some chick at a bar and we don't know who that is yet are you okay yeah i'm sorry about dinner tonight you're probably like oh cool it's okay i get it and then her and her dad are doing this whole having some cake at midnight thing. It's very, you know. She's like, I'm nerdy. Uh, yeah, I do like how she's like, you think I'm going to suddenly be uh, popular and everybody's going to like me and blah, blah, blah. It's like, 
if that's what you want like the contrast of like him and her mom like her mom wanting her to be a certain way and her dad being like you can be whatever you want to be it's fine if it makes you happy I'm happy and there she is in 94 with Jamie the best birthday ever. I just hope your parents aren't too upset to take you away from me. Okay, okay. Oh, they hear a gunshot. What was that? What was that? I've had an experience like this before. So, her and Jamie hear a gunshot, but then Vincent comes outside and is like, that was a gunshot. And Jamie was like, you know, who cares? <laughs> Basically. Um, he just wanted to be left alone. Um, I've had an experience similar to that and like literally heard a gunshot and was like we could have heard something very bad like I was hanging out with this dude and he was like no probably not you know couldn't find out it was it's like a really weird feeling you know but like I knew it immediately when I heard the sound I was like this is a bad sound you know like I just knew um not that I've never heard gunshots before but this time it just felt really you know uh, but anyway, yeah, was that anything important? We will see. I'm trying not to do spoilers, but I guess, you know, I don't know why. Because <laughs> I know everything that's going to happen, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, and then they have her talking to his her dad's girlfriend, and her dad's girlfriend kind of tells her off, and I'm like, you know what? Not bad. And then, uh, and then, um... We show her getting ready for bed, and she's all different. They have good transitions, you know, that's all just what's happening. <laughs> Jeanette. And then we have commercial break. For both you guys, too, because now it's time for an ad break, because we're about halfway there. After this commercial break, we'll be about halfway there. So, time for an ad break. Hey guys, we're back after the ad break. Um, today <laughs> is a new day, actually. I took a day break. But today I had a group meeting, um, a writer's meeting. Um, trying to get things done in my life. <laughs> um, what is that? Anyway. So, we got half the episode left, and now Mallory and Jeanette and um, Vincent are going to try and do their little list. Um, they have a list of things that they have to do before the end of the summer. And, like, Mallory keeps wanting to do illegal things, and they want to um, break into a house and play hide-and-seek in it. Um, this is a big deal. I mean, it turns out to be a big deal. And so, um, Jeanette's dad is a real estate agent, so they're going there to swindle him out of some keys <laughs> for a house. So, let's get into it. <laughs> I kind of found this humorous how Mallory's just, like, spewing out her whole life story. She's like, so, you're the best dad ever, not that I would know. And then Vincent's like, Mallory's dad left when she was five, and she's like, yeah, he's a huge gambler, and, like, an alcoholic, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Mallory, calm down. I'm having a hard time understanding Mallory's um, earrings, but 
Anyway, they get the keys to this house. 324 Huntington Road. It's this huge house that I'm like, it's this is a big house, like, honestly. Like, considering who lives in it later on, it's like, how does he afford this? Mallory's talking about how hot Jeanette's dad is, and honestly, like, same. I mean, not bad. And he's definitely a dill. So... This is. So this was. Apparently, in 1995, there's a reporter standing in front of the same house, being like a year ago. Shocking events went down last year, so we're trying to figure out like. So they're trying to make it seem like, you know what happened and when because these kids are going in here in 2000 or I keep saying that in 93 these kids are going in there and she's like a year ago bad stuff happened here and we're like did the bad stuff happen when they went in but no I mean we're led to believe possibly that the reporter's saying that in 94 and so a year ago would have been right when they're going in and uh but that's what they want us to think at first, to be like, oh no, what's going to happen to them? It adds suspense. And honestly, like, this is pretty good storytelling. Like, this is pretty, they keep the suspense up without lying to us, you know? They have twists and turns and keep up suspense, but they don't flat out lie, you know? So it's like, and Vincent pulls up and looks at her and it's like, so, and I think the reason they don't show Mallory in the future is because of these things, because they show Vincent pulling up to see the reporter talking about it and he's like looking at it and we know that in the future... Um, Jeanette and Vincent are still around so we're like where was Mallory then in the future because you know what happened to her did something happen to her in this house on this day when they break in like what's going on you know and it's they're trying to keep suspense of like us wondering what the heck's happening which is really good they're doing a really good job of like giving you information while still keeping you in suspense enough to wonder what's happening like you don't really know what happened at all or what this show is even about at this point but you're still intrigued and they're giving you enough information to keep you intrigued instead of just you know not telling you anything so um yeah it's a pretty good job of like storytelling what is it with Mallory's shorts like what are they like are they fuzzy it's a skirt oh no that's a dress <laughs> I'm so confused I mean it's not bad but like <laughs> it just doesn't look like Mallory but in 94, we see a flash forward to um, Vincent and Mallory are swinging and they're talking about, you know, I, you know, Mallory's like, I heard she, her and Jamie hooked up and blah, blah, blah. And she's like mad about it. And I'm like, it's kind of not your business. Like, I don't know why she's, but we'll get to Mallory later <laughs> because now she seems like a jealous, like, you know, she seems jealous and just hateful and she says bad things about Kate, blah, 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 her and Vincent. She acts super jealous and mad about Jeanette and all this other stuff. And her outfit, it's just, like, all over the place. Like, what are you wearing? Like, nothing matches anything else. <laughs> like, it's got this cheetah print furry stuff at the bottom of this short dress. That's like, I, you'd have to see it. And then, like, this short sleeve jacket thing over it that doesn't match at all and doesn't even go with it. Like, it's like, Mallory, I'm so confused by your outfit. Like, I don't even know where to start <laughs> but anyway yeah. Mallory has some beef about Kate she's like the first one sucked to begin with and she's like the sequel is never good as the original 
Like, I agree 100%, even after all this, like, <laughs> somebody who's seen this entire thing, like, I agree with that part, but she's like, the first one sucked. It's like, you don't even know Kate. Like, Mallory, what is your deal with Kate? It's, like, funny now to see this if you've seen the show, but it's like, Jeanette comes downstairs and, like, you know, we're back in 93 and she's in the basement and there's, like, all these, like, mirrors along the wall and you're just kind of like what is behind this door <laughs> and like why are these mirrors here and what you know it's just really random um and there were a lot of theories about these mirrors you know but we'll get to that later but it's just like yeah she's just standing there and like she's like freaking out she just kind of freaked out by these mirrors in this basement and uh, she comes upstairs and uh-oh, somebody might be here. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the same kitchen we see later on, but it looks totally different. But it is empty right now. Yeah. So she runs into this Hi, dude everybody. and this is my house. Well, I just bought it. I'm moving in tomorrow. Oh, um, somebody bought the house Hi. and he's moving in. His name's Martin. What are you doing here? And yeah, she's caught. <laughs> kind of. Well, Jeanette does a job of like lying to him and being like, my dad thought he left his briefcase here because obviously her dad was selling this house. And uh, she's telling the truth about who her dad is, so it plays well. And then she's like trying to get him out of there so that Mallory and Vincent can get out. They're hiding in the shower. And so she convinces him to go down with her to the basement because she's doing a really good job of like all this stuff. Yeah, I I guess it was silly of me to question my dad's excellent inspection skills. Hey, do you have a Skyland house? I do. <laughs> I'm getting into, to, like, this. Cool. Yeah. Like, sorry for the silence, but... I don't think so. I don't usually get into much trouble. Oh, you don't usually get into much trouble? Uh, Jeanette. Matt, Martin, but you should probably call me Mr. Harris, give him the whole principal. Mr. Harris. Uh, He's the principal. Like, that's my point. How does the principal, like, afford this house? Like, how much was this house? In Texas? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's like, do they really make that much? Like, it's a huge house. It's got big columns. Like, it's a big house. And then she gets out of this. She, I mean, she's really good at lying, so it's like, she's really excited about it. Like, they're freaked out, and she's excited. You know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't want to do this to begin with, but once she gets a little taste of rebelliousness and, and being in trouble, um, She's like, I like the taste of this danger. Danger tastes nice. I think I'll go. I think I'll think I want more. <laughs> you know, she's like, really wants to be a danger, and you know, she wants to get into more trouble after this. Mallory and Vincent are kind of like, okay, we had our little fun, but that was freaky. So let's get out of here before we get caught. You know, whatever. Like normal people would not like sociopaths, but <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> Jeanette's like, I like it. I like this. I like how good I am at lying and getting away with stuff and acting like the sweet, innocent girl, but whatever. Um, and that happened, and he says that he's Martin Harris, the new principal, blah, blah, blah. And he totally buys all of it, and he's just like, cool, so get out of my house, because i got to set up my torture dungeon or whatever. <laughs> Not really, but like, it's... it's uh, yeah, we're kind of wondering what the heck happened here and not, you know, like we're waiting for something to happen because she said tragedy struck here like that reporter did, but it's like, 
Also, that might have just been a 95 because, or it'll happen later in this evening. Like, what happened at this house? It's like terrible, you know? And we don't know yet. <sighs> well, I know, but if you haven't seen it yet, you don't know. Um, or if he's just seen the first episode. But we're back and I'm going to watch it. 93 news footage. Jeanette drinking some whiskey, it looks like, and watching the news from a years ago, two years ago. Jeanette Turner used to be like... 94 news footage. She's watching Mallory talk about her. And we see 94 popular Jeanette is like shopping with Captain and Tennille over here and like... <laughs> what the bros call them and Mallory comes in with Vincent and Vincent's like can we not do this and Mallory has on the most atrocious dress I've ever seen in my entire life and but I still I like her hair like a lot I like these like uh, it's a good color um the streaks they just look it just looks better uh this year than <laughs> 93 but um Mallory goes off on her and is like oh um she used to hang out with us and Mallory just like tries to have an argument and Jeanette just plays it off like I'm a good I'm person I've been here you can say that I pulled away from you but you pulled away from Jeanette acts like she's like we're you know I don't know why you're mad at me and why do you sound just like her what is the deal like I don't get that line Sorry. like now Sorry. especially after I've seen all this she's like you sound just like her Cause Jeanette is like being like you pulled away too and Jeanette is like she looks actually upset by this whole thing. But uh she hugs Mallory and Mallory's like, What the heck? And Jeanette is just acting like, you know, oh I don't know what your problem is, but if you need to talk, I'm here and it's like a fake kind of, but it you know, Mallory sees that and it, it really hurts her. Like she's actually like actually hurt and she's like, You sound just like her and I'm like Sounds just like who, though? Like, because she was not previously friends with Kate. I guess that's what kind of personality she assumed that Kate had. Like, I mean, we haven't met Kate yet, technically, on this rewatch. But, you know, <laughs> Kate was not pretend nice. Kate was actually nice. So, it's like, I guess that's what Mallory assumed she was like. I, I don't know. This 90, 95 version of Jeanette actually is my favorite, though. But she's sitting here, like... In the parking lot eating lunch or whatever, and then people are like calling her names, and like she throws a freaking milkshake at them and it splashes right in front of them. <laughs> she does not take people's bullcrap. She's got the short hair, she's kind of like, I don't care anymore attitude. It's whatever, you know, and she's kind of like smiling about it. Now she's like talking to her lawyer. People have been like flat out cruel to Jeanette, and she's like, How do you want me to act? Do you want me to be likable? Nothing. <laughs> In hindsight, <laughs> Jeanette, she's upset because the governor of Texas called her a disgrace. And I'm like, I mean, life goals, right? <laughs> right, ladies? <laughs> Come on. It's kind of like when Fred told June on Handmaid's Tale that she was the misery of all men, and you're just kind of like, I aspire for somebody to say that to me. <laughs> I want the governor of Texas to call me a disgrace. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, sorry, Texas, but I don't even know who the governor is right now, but you know, things are happening in real time that's like, um. 
Jeanette's like, I'm gonna make a effort to be less like myself and more like you want me to be. And her lawyer's like, thank you. If I get the feeling that her lawyer, like, hates her. Then we're back in 94 again, and, uh, <laughs> it's all over the place with the timeline, but it works. But her and, uh, I think it's Tennille. Whichever one is not Tennille. I don't know which one's Tennille and which one's Captain. I can't remember her name. She's <laughs> So, she's hanging out with these two, and, uh, somebody called. (laughs) What is this, an intercom system in her room? They found Kate. They found Kate. And Jeanette says, where did they find her body? Did they know who killed her? And they're like, she's alive, and they're, like, both freaking out and being like, yay. Our queen bee is back, and Jeanette's just like, oh crap, my life is over, I gotta go see Jamie, because he's the only person I care about in the world. Like, she's running over to Jamie's, and, uh, this is really bad, and Ben runs out, and he's like, not right now. Trigger warning, but, like, for abuse, but Jamie runs out of the house, and, like, I, regardless, regardless of anything, like, that was uncalled for. Jamie runs out of the house and Ben's like telling Jeanette, you need to go. Like, this is not good. He knows, you know, that Jamie's like mad at her and like, we don't know why, but uh, he runs out and just like punches Jeanette in the face and her nose starts bleeding and she's like crying and upset and she can't understand why. And it's like, um, yeah, it's still bad. It's bad. It's like, regardless of any other circumstance, like, and that's what I thought, like, Okay, we're not going to get into spoilers of, like, the ending, but it's, like, you know, what the show is about. It's just, you know, we find out that Kate's alive, and she says that Jeanette saw her and could have helped her, but didn't. And that's, and then everybody starts hating Jeanette because she didn't help Kate, and uh, everybody believes Kate that Jeanette did that, and Jeanette's life is ruined. I mean, her whole life is ruined. And, um, you know, it's this, you know... Kate versus Jeanette the whole time, but it's like neither of these people, you know, regardless of that, like, is this what this is really about? Because the real bad guy is Martin. I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, the real bad guy is Martin. That's it. You know, like, neither it's, it's, could be commentary on how society pits women against each other and they're the only real villains ever, can, you know, and it's just. They're playing it like Jeanette is seeing that Kate was at Martin's and she looks confused, you know, like, what, what is the deal? Like, she looks like she doesn't know what's going on in 94 when the news report's on. And then we go back to 93 and she's still got the key to that house. And, uh, she has a little conversation with Derek, her brother. And, uh, he's like, I think 15's gonna be your year, so in 93 she's turning 15, you know, in 94 she's turning 16, in 95 she's turning 17, so she takes the necklace off that Mallory and Vincent got her that says, you go girl, <laughs> it's just like, so dorky, and then, uh, she has that key to Martin's house, and she keeps it too, and she's like, oh yeah, I got a key to this house, that's not mine, and then she, back in 95 she's watching 94 news, another news footage, Primetime special with Kate Wallace. I'm here with Kate Wallace this is where we get what the heck, Kate. Everybody's ha- why Jeanette is in such bad shape in '95. 
Kate, Kate talks about how on like national news, like Jeanette Turner. You hear that? Yeah. Um, Jeanette just keeps rewinding and hear and listening to that over and over again. Like she's hate watching it, and uh, she, she likes to suffer, you know, and uh. So that was episode one. But uh, she says that somebody saw her and could have saved her, but didn't. A girl saw her while she was there, and she's like, I found out after I got out. Like, the girl that saw me and didn't say anything, you know, had taken over my life, basically. And um, then she calls her out on TV. She's like, Jeanette Turner, like, since I can't do anything legally to you, like, I hate you, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you're like, oh my gosh, so this is all this is about. And it's like, when I first started watching it before the very end, you know, we'll get to that later, but, um, pretending like that didn't happen <laughs> at the very end, um, if you haven't seen it, but anyway, so while watching this entire thing, it's like each episode goes like, like, this is happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. And the next is, uh, a smashing good Tom. Okay. So the next episode is Kate-centered. So we're watching Kate's life, you know, 93, 94, and 95, seeing things from her perspective. And so it's like, okay, so we get to know Kate. And then we, you know, flip-flops, you know, sort of. And uh, back and forth between, you know, Jeanette and Kate episodes. And so um, what I was thinking is, like, this show is all about, like, how society will pit women against each other and make them the villains you know to each other and just like they're the they're held responsible for everything that men do to us you know what I mean like you see it all the time like you know a guy cheats on his girlfriend with another girl and like society wants to pit the girls against each other and it's like he's the one that cheated I mean that's a very smaller it's not nearly as bad as what Martin did um but so we see that Kate's been kidnapped by Martin and been held in his basement. So, you know, he's the one that did it, but he was killed in a shootout, quote unquote. That's what the news said. Um, so anyway, so this is all Martin's fault. You know, like Jeanette did not put her in a basement, but she's the one getting her life ruined over it. You know, and it's like Kate's life was ruined by it, of course, because she was the one, you know, Kate is the true victim here. Because she's the one that was, you know, kidnapped. But, you know, she's making Jeanette out to be the villain because she can't hurt Martin any further. He's dead, so, like, we can't hurt Martin any further, so we're going to find a new villain. And it's going to be a girl that took your boyfriend, you know? It's like, I'm not mad at Kate, but it's just, like, this is what society does, you know? And I felt like this show was kind of a commentary on, like, who's right and who's wrong, like, you know, we're villainizing, you know, who's lying, you know, Kate or Jeanette, because Jeanette's like, I did not see you, I did not see her, blah, 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 and then Kate's like, you could have saved me, and, and, like, the whole question of the show is, like, who's lying, which one is lying, and it's like, I feel like if you're only focused on that, you're missing out on the idea of, like, you know, <laughs> the fact that it's like, does it matter? actually like it's not going to change anything you know it doesn't actually matter like 
we don't need to attack without proof Jeanette. You know, Kate doesn't have proof, but the society does not need to ruin Kate's or Jeanette's life. You know, and I'm not saying Kate was lying or you shouldn't believe women, but like <sighs> Kate was in a very vulnerable state and you know, she has suffered a lot. So it's like <sighs> maybe instead of like it's not about not believing Kate. It's about like we don't need to destroy someone else's life in the process of Kate's healing. You know, Kate might want to revenge or, or re re retribution for what she sees as like Jeanette not helping her. But it's also like, you know, it's very, you know, and plus we don't know what happened exactly, you know, totally still. Like, even after season one wrapped, it's like, so what exactly happened, you know? I don't know. There's just a whole bunch going on there. <laughs> but, um, I think the whole thing is, like, could be used, you know, with the exception of a few things, as to say, like, listen, no, it's not about who's the bad guy here. The question is, like, Martin's dead, but, like, he's the bad guy. You know, Martin's the bad guy, like, obviously. So it's like, what is with the need to punish more people? You know, and it's not just because Jeanette's a woman, but it's like, or a female, but it's, you know, a girl. But it's like, we try to pit women against each other and we make them out to be the villains of so many situations that, you know... It's like, why did you date that guy if he was so bad? Like, this is your fault. You know, and a lot of victim blaming here. And even, like, I've seen a lot of fans, like, because of certain things that transpire that we found out. Being like, well, Kate brought this on herself, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Because she's a teenage girl and Martin is an adult man. Like, no. And, and the whole thing, no, we'll get to that later, but... There's some later on when there's more episodes and we find out more information that I could talk about without spoilers, um, without spoiling anything now. It's like, no, we need to have a discussion about that because I've seen fans be like, you know, turn on Kate because of certain things we find out. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it does not allow for this. Like, this is not, you know... Oh, there's so much to talk about later on. But it's like, this is just getting started. And it's hard because you want to talk about the bigger issues. But, you know, and also with Mallory, it's like this whole, you know, having to choose a side here. Like, who's lying? It's like, maybe neither. You know, that's what I thought the whole time. Like, maybe neither of them are lying. And it's just like, our need to vilify some woman in some situation. Like, who's the girl that caused this? Like, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's a meta statement kind of about society. Like, we need to uh, find someone to blame, you know, <laughs> that's not this man. Because it's like, oh, he's sick in the head. So, you know, that was his mistake. But you should have been more careful or you should have did this. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> Anyway, you guys, I uh, am, um, yeah, I'm starting this cool summer podcast, and uh, that was episode one. Happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. 
Um, that was on June 21st. And, uh, we'll see what happens later on in that summer that those things happen. The three summers that we, we always skip around, like the show always skips around, you know, summer to summer <laughs> in, in 93, 94, 95. And, um, I'm excited about the next episode because it's a Kate episode and, uh, I really like getting to know her. I just do. Olivia Holt is just, like, amazing. And, uh, I'm really just bravo to the show for the things it does. And, uh, let's see, what else am I doing? Um, media-wise, I've been watching Miracle Workers Oregon Trail. <laughs> and, um, res Reservation Dogs, which I call it Res Dogs because it's just shorter. And, like, when I've heard people talk about Reservation Dogs... <laughs> Like, dogs on the res, I, I hear them being called res dogs a lot. So it's like, you know, it just sounds better to me. Um, that's on Hulu. So um, there's one episode, a new episode out today. So I can't wait to watch that. And uh, it's been really good. Um, it's Native American made by all the producers, everybody working on it. All the crew, cast, whatever. All of it. Like... Um, there's some few people in the cast that are not native, you know, and they're, they're, you know, the person they're portraying is not supposed to be, you know, so, but all the people that are, are portrayed by native actors. It's really great. Um, and authentic, you know, so check that out. <laughs> um, you know, native people still exist. I have live in a place where it's just like, you know, I'm part native and, um, it's just really hard to, uh, which I was not raised traditionally at all or on a reservation, but, you know, I was raised to know that I'm native and, um, I look it. And so I've dealt with like personal racism against me because of it and things. So I identify as native mostly because of, you know, I have faced, you know, because that's what I you know, <laughs> because people just look at me and, and know that I'm like, you know, a person of color of some sort. And I have to explain myself every time I meet people and they ask me, like, why do you look that way? And I'm like, I'm Native American. And usually they don't believe me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you asked, so I told you. And that's, I don't know, you know, it's whatever. But that's why I identify a lot with my native roots because of that because you know um so anyway we are watching cool summer got that one done and there's how many episodes in the season like eight or ten i think there's ten, ten episodes so the next episode's a Kate episode, and I'm really excited. I think I like those better. I think I like Kate better. And it's not just, like, even from, like, watching it the first time, like, watching it through, I'm like, I like Kate better. I just do. But, you know. Um, 95 Jeanette is a mood, and I like that. <laughs> I'm not saying I like her. It's just I like her you know, it's like, she's such a mood. It's like, I can relate, you know, to like all that. But also I relate to Kate a lot too. So it's like, you know, as 
I'm an adult, so I don't relate to them now, but as a teen, I can relate to both of them and some of their experiences. So not being kidnapped <laughs> in a basement, but like, you know, some of the things that Kate goes through and some of the things that Jeanette goes through, I relate to a lot of that, even Mallory, you know, so anyway, what else? Check out my fan fictions, um, my books on Amazon, Rainfielder, you know, on Amazon. I got books published there. I have a couple new ones out. One of them is a novel. It's kind of a romance. It's called The Gray. Then I have this very smooth covered, like they send me a cover or like a proof copy. And it's so smooth. <laughs> it just makes me happy. But um, Pain and Other Secrets it's called and uh it's a poetry collection if you're nosy that's the one you want i keep saying that about it and uh <laughs> i got i think it's four books available and definitely check out limitless because that's the one that's a part of a series it's the first in the invictus series i'm currently working on the second in the installment of the invictus series called shatter and i'm not sure when that will be available you know because i have to get it done and edited and all that stuff. Um, I'm also working on a fan fiction for The Crow uh, right now, but I have other fan fictions on Archive of Our Own, you know, and of course I'm Rainfielder on there too. Or, you know, my link tree is linked somewhere on this, I'm in my bio, I'm pretty sure. So you can check out everything on my link tree. You can get merchandise, um, you can check out my YouTube, my SoundCloud, you know, I do a lot of different types of art. But mostly I'm an author, but I do sing and like blah, blah, blah. I make music, um, write songs, you know, and sing them because nobody else is going to do it for me. <laughs> but I'm really excited about some of the stuff I'm working on just because that's why I write things. I write things that make me excited and that's, <laughs> that's all, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I want to, I want it to be my career and I want to be, you know, I want people to read my stuff and to be successful, but <sighs> that's what I want to come from it. But that's not why I do it to begin with, you know, I do it, I would do it, you know, that question, you know, that they talk about on office space. It's like, if you had a million dollars, which, you know, in today's world doesn't go very far, but let's just say you had enough money, you know, that you never had to work again. What would you do with your life if you never had to work again and you had enough money, you know, to never have to work again? I would still write, you know, I, I would. So that's what... And that's supposed to be your career, they say. Like, whatever you would do would be your career. But So I'm like, well, then I'll be a writer. <laughs> um, I would write regardless if it paid me or not, which, it, you know, starving artist. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to, you know, get that career started. But I love podcasting. I love talking about shows and stuff, too. So that's why I'm doing this because, you know. Uh, I just like talking about things. Um, my next podcast could be Cruel Summer Part 2, like the second episode. But, um, I'm going to finish the season. 
obviously, but I can't say that they're going to be in direct order because, you know, coming up on October and I really want to do some like cheesy horror movies like Scream. I'm not saying I'll do Scream, but I'm saying like things of that nature. Um, maybe Scream, maybe not, but you know, we'll see. But I, I kind of want to do some, you know, fun horror movies or something, you know, something of that nature, you know, for this season. And, um, uh, if I see one that I want to talk about, I will do a podcast on it, you know what I'm saying? If I watch one that I want to talk about, I'll just pop it up on here randomly, but I'm going to continue so it might alternate, you know, or, or be randomly popped in between episodes of Cruel Summer that I'll be doing, like, horror movies or something. Not straight up horror, probably, but, you know, like, you know, maybe even horror TV, like uh, The Mist or Scream or something. Um, I might eventually get to the show, Hannibal. I don't know. Um, what was another thing I wanted to talk about? There was another show that I thought about doing. Oh, yeah, what I really want to talk about right now. Not, like, fully, but um, another show that I have to, like, do on the podcast. Maybe not, like, until after spooky season's over, but Riverdale. <laughs> I'm going to be covering Riverdale because I just, you know, the last episode I watched in real time, like, right, you know, because the last episode that came out was, like, a pussycat dolls reunion or something and I'm just like thinking about season one of Riverdale and just how different it is now and I just want to go through the whole thing and find out where the heck it went wrong <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know I love all the actors I love all the actors on there and honestly like also I want to point out and say something like because no offense to Roberta Casa um Roberto, the creator of Riverdale, he, uh, his dad was kidnapped in another country. So if, if you look up, I'm going to have to look it up. Um, because Roberto's dad was kidnapped and there was a thing about it on Lily Ron, Lily Ron Hart's, uh, Instagram and I, that is not okay. You know, he needs help and um, we need people to share the hashtag. And I'm going to have to look up the hashtag <coughs> on Lil Lily's Instagram. Or you can go to Lily's Instagram and I think there's a petition on her bio. Um, because, no, it's not okay that that happened. I don't care how much, you know, Riverdale might suck <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> like... But this is not okay. Like, this is not okay, regardless. Um, this is definitely something that should be... We need to... Justiceforfrancisco.org is what it's called. J-U-S-T-I-C-E-F-O-R-F-R-A-N-C-I-S-C-O dot org. Um, and that's on Lily Reinhardt's bio and her Instagram as well. And we need, um, that's what you go to to sign a petition because he, um, he was kidnapped. 
So Roberto, I can't pronounce his last name. So Roberto's dad, um, it, it's just really sad. And she posted a video and the hashtag is free Francisco. Um, you can look up that hashtag and read more about it on Twitter, or you can go to Lily Reinhardt's um, Instagram and look and sign the petition on her bio. She has a video of them talking about it and what happened, you know, so it's a human rights thing and it's just, it's in Nicar Nicaragua. And, um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and help them, you know, talk about it, spread the word. Sign any petition about it, you can share the hashtag because that's not okay. You know, um, you know, it's all in good fun to criticize the show and stuff, but that's completely separate from real life, real people hurting that, you know, he does not, you know, this is like serious issues, you know, so it's like, we definitely don't want, you know, people to be, you know, in trouble that way. So regardless whether you like the show or Roberto as a writer or creator, regardless of that, um, he doesn't deserve this. His father doesn't deserve this, you know? So it's like, we want to help them out regardless, you know? Um, we definitely don't want them to be dealing with that and, uh, you know, pray for them and all this, you know, do whatever you can do to help. You know, I know we can't do much, especially from here, but, you know, we can certainly try, you know, and, and support them and this Tom. <laughs> but as an own, you know, and also, <sighs> I watch Riverdale. You know, I've watched every single episode since it came out. I loved it at the beginning, you know, and it was like cheesy but ridiculous in this Twin Peaksy way. And it's like, <sighs> you know, the whole first season, I'm like, yes, yeah, so I... I like all this. It's ridiculous in this fun way, you know, so I kind of want to talk about it and figure out when did things get so, you know, and it's like, if you want to make your show that way, that's your business, but it's also like, I just want to talk about it because, you know, and at, at a certain point, because a couple episodes ago, Archie, who has always been ridiculous, his storylines have always been ridiculous. Um, it's fun to talk about that and laugh about it, <laughs> but, you know, we have this thing going on, and that's why I kind of want to do commentary on it, because it's like, you cannot be serious right now. <laughs> Is he really doing this? Is this really happening? And it's usually, like, Archie's storylines that are the most wild, but there's some other stuff, too, but... You know, I have a lot of respect for Cheryl Blossom. Like, not not really, but it's like, I like watching her. I like her being ridiculous, because her ridiculousness is, like, juicy, fun stuff. And, um, but some of it's just, like, get to the point. Like, get on with it. Let's go back to, like, Betty and Jughead, because I'll, I care about their storylines the most, you know. They're the most watchable characters. <laughs> anyway, like, season one was great. But then the other day, you know, a couple episodes ago, we're watching it and Archie is like having this like discussion with his uncle about bingo, B-I-N-G-O, bingo, a dog. And Archie apparently has been in World War One, <laughs> you know, or something. And uh, 
have you seen it lately? It's like, what is, what war is this? World War One or two? Like, those helmets, I just can't deal, you know? And it's like, so Archie was a nom, and apparently, and had this dog named Bingo. And then, this is what really got me thinking, I have to do a podcast about this, because he's like, Bingo the dog, you know, couldn't save him, and I'm very upset about it, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, this other guy who was, like, in the war and in Nam with Archie was, like, um, telling his uncle, he's like, Bingo was not a dog. It was one of the other, like, soldiers, like a human. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm done. No, this is not, no dude is named Bingo. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry if your name's Bingo and you're, like, I don't even think that would ever happen, like there are so many names that can work for both human and dog. There's Rex and Jake and even like, there's, I mean, Rex is a very strong dog name, but it's also the name of a human. Like bingo is not one of them. You might as well have named him fluffy or Fido. Like this is not okay. It's not okay. I'm like, bingo Bingo is not interchangeable. Like, there's some names that work both for human and animal, but bingo is not one of them. Like, I can't... I'm like, you could have chosen any name, any number of names that work for dog and man, but no, you had to choose bingo. Like, you might as well have called him Spot. Like, <laughs> I know there's a dude on there named Sweet Pea and a dude on there named Fangs, but... This is just a level of ridiculousness that I cannot stand behind, even no matter how funny it is. I'm just like, you know, no, no. I, that's where I draw the line. Like, I just, I'm drawing a line and being like, no, we, we don't. I just, so I'm like, I have to do a podcast because it's, you know, it's upsetting, but it's it's hilariously upsetting. So I just want to like talk about each episode and find out where the freak, like things were always ridiculous, you know. The show was always gonna be ridiculous. It's Archie comics, you know, and it's like I love I love reading them, and I'm not saying the show goes that far from the original comics even now, but it's just like because you know. We have storyline, you know, one story and then the next in the comics, it's just like nothing's consistent. But it, it's just like, you know, this is a show. You have to be consistent. And like it started off consistent. Like, you know, we had an overarching storyline. Now it's just like storylines are getting dropped or like hand waved away. It's like all oh, the hugest mystery of the season is just like. Oh, well, yeah, let's just deal with that in a few minutes and then act like it never happened. Like, no, dude. There's so much going on that's so wrong that it's just like, I have to talk about this so that we can, in the future, maybe people will hear this and be like, this is how you don't do things. <laughs> and, I mean, no offense. Like, all the love in the world to the people that work on this show because they're, you know, I've, I've been there watching it and been a fan you know, through losing Luke Perry, who was amazing. You know, I love Skeet Ulrich. I love the actors, the young actors on the show. I love Cole Sprouse. I love Lily Reinhardt, you know. I even love KJ Apa, and I can't stand Archie. But it's like, you know, it's just, even the actors have to admit 
you know, something's wrong here. Like when you watch it back, you're like, this cannot be. And I don't blame the actors, but it's just a certain point. Somebody should step up and be like, this is taking it too far. It's not even the same show we started out with. It's so far from it that I can't even... What do you want this to be? It's like you can't even decide what genre of show you want it to be. And it's just... I don't know if it's conflicting opinions in the writer's room. I'm not blaming like Roberto himself alone for this. But it's just like, what is going on over there? That y'all... What is going on over there? what's happening you know with what are y'all doing man like what are y'all doing so I kind of want to cover that episode by episode because the first season you know they dropped some bombshells you know at appropriate times kind of and it just you know a lot of people didn't like it even from like episode one like bros watch pillow two they never liked Riverdale either you know they didn't like it from the beginning but I you know I was like I can I can handle it like I'm in for the ridiculousness but there's a certain level of ridiculousness that is acceptable and then you cross the line and I'm just like I can't (laughs) I mean you gotta sprinkle in a little ridiculousness like it can't be that's what I'm trying to figure out what is the problem here because now what's the problem like before in the first season yeah there's ridiculous things and there's like you know it's cheesy you know and and like there's buzzwords everywhere you know it's but it's it's what it always was and I'm okay with that but like (laughs) if you're gonna watch it, you need to be okay with that. But at the same time, it's going so off the rails at this point that I'm just like, something's, so much is wrong that it's, is it even so, it's like a train wreck. It's like such a bad, you know, (laughs) I'm still gonna watch it, but it's, it's just like, okay, now, what the heck? (laughs) Like, you know, I can be, you know, I thought I wanted, like, I'm okay with ridiculousness, but there's just a certain line. And and when they said Bingo was a human instead of a dog, I was just like, okay, I'm out. Like, this, you know, I I tried to help y'all. I tried to defend y'all, but, like, I can't defend this. Like, I cannot keep doing this. You know? And it's just like, even from season one, like, some of Archie's storylines, I'm just like, you know, we got people having real problems every single character is having like a super bad like actual issue and Archie's over here like hmm I don't know if I want to play music or football like that's my big issue and Betty's like I have like a crisis like an actual like everybody's having real life crises and he's like hey you guys I have problems too like I don't know which is more important playing music or playing football and you're just like you just want everybody in the cast to walk up and take turns slapping him because it's like, no, Archie, no, we have real problems. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's funny and that's fun. Like, that's pretty liar maybe level of ridiculousness where it's like, you know, everybody's life is in danger and Arya's over here eating, like, brownies with Ezra, you know? And you can laugh about stuff like that and it's fine. But it's like, this is, you know, in, in the first couple of seasons, Riverdale had these, like, storylines that you're just like okay that's ridiculous but you know whatever it's we're having fun it's not even fun anymore it's just like what I feel like I trying to figure out storylines in the show is like it gives you a headache almost because you're like 
you're giving me whiplash here like with all this like nonsense like things are just no <laughs> you're trying to sp like speedily give us like 30,000 movies and 30,000 genres in one season and that's just not how you do this like there's just so much to talk about so anyway I'm ranting saying the same thing over and over again but anyway um Regardless, you know, I'm going to do that and possibly make fun of it. Not in, like, a demeaning way. I'm not trying to, like, you know, be mean. or But I'm just trying to analyze it and criticize it, you know, with a critic's eye, you know. And uh, I'm just going to go from, like, season one on. And later on I'm going to do that. And uh, I don't know when I'll get to that, but... It needs to be done, you know, and you either got people who don't like it and they won't watch it at all or talk about it, but then you got other people who love it and they don't see a problem. So I'm like, I need to be the voice of reason <laughs> between these two because there was potential, but, you know, as long as you're on board with some ridiculous cheesiness, you know, there was potential there, but like, you know, let's see where they went wrong so that maybe, like, we can figure out why newer things are, you know, a lot of these things. And, like, R Roberto is gonna, like, be making a pretty large remake. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But anyway. But anyway, guys, um, that'll be all for that. I have some other things to do. So I'm gonna go do that. And remember how I end these. Nothing stood out. So I'm just going to say. Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what was it Mallory said to Jeanette about her dad? <laughs> Your dad in those short shorts was my sexual awakening. <laughs> See you guys later. Ta or That sounds so fake. Anyway. <laughs> That was happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. Happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. Three years in a row. Yes, slut. <laughs> um, no, uh, I was just thinking about her and Jamie. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, they're kind of cute together, honestly. And we'll get into that, you know, next time. But um, anyway, yeah. Your dad in short shorts was my sexual awakening. Thank <laughs> you.